You're listening to The PaveCast, a podcast from Partners for Automated Vehicle Education to illuminate the world of AV technology. Learn about PAVE and its mission by visiting www.pavecampaign.org. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this edition of The PaveCast. My name is Adam Howell, and I am the Director of External Affairs with Partners for Automated Vehicle Education. So we all know that public education on autonomous vehicle technology starts with understanding how the public perceives it. So today we're going to be talking about a great survey on partial driving automation put out by the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety or IIHS. Uh, With us today to discuss the survey is Dr. Alexandra Muller. Dr. Muller is a research scientist with the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety and one of the authors of the recently released study on consumer demand for partial driving automation and hands-free driving capability. Dr. Muller, hello and welcome. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much for having me. Very good to be here. Thanks. So the uh, the survey results and research paper were released on June 23rd. Um, I've read it. I encourage everybody who's interested in the subject to go to IIHS.org and check it out. Um, so just uh, kind of circling in on the origins of this, why, why did you all at IIHS conduct this study? Um, what were you hoping to learn? So we often hear that automaker from automakers that consumers want the latest and greatest technologies in their vehicles. But we found ourselves asking, okay, but do they really? And there are many studies that have looked at the public's opinion around higher levels of driving automation, uh, especially self-driving technology. But that technology is not available to consumers right now. And automakers are offering uh, more of this partial driving automation or level two driving uh, technology on their vehicles every year. And yet there are very few studies that have actually explored what the public's interest is in these technologies that people can buy today. And public opinion matters. Uh, Public opinion about these technologies matters because it helps to predict the technology uptake and also help to guide design decisions by the automakers themselves. So why did you all look specifically at uh, the certain subset of partially automated vehicle features listed in the survey? we, We know that there's this whole ecosystem of features out there and more coming onto the market every day. Um, what, uh, what caused you to zero in on, on what the study uh, uh, zeroed in on? Well, the level two driving automation or partial driving automation umbrella term refers to a domain of technology, but the actual systems that you can buy today are incredibly diverse. No two systems are equivalent. And the design decisions that go into individual systems shape the relationships that people actually have with these vehicles. Now, for the purpose of this study, we wanted to focus on individual features because many of those stand out in the marketing that we're seeing. Some of these features, uh, such as automated lane changing, um, are fairly new. Um, And they've received very little attention in the research. So we don't know much about them or what people think about them, let alone if people actually want them in their vehicles. And other features such as uh, hands-free lane centering have user vehicle design consequences that could easily uh, affect the expectations that people have about what they can or cannot do behind the wheel while using the technology. Now, We were also brand agnostic in the survey to focus on the features themselves. And another thing that most of these systems are designed 
uh, to have with mechanisms that try to safeguard against people misusing the technology. So many of those safeguards are supported by driver monitoring, and that's so that the system can respond to what the driver is doing in real time. In today's market, we're seeing different monitoring strategies being implemented based on whether the systems are designed to be hands-free or whether they require the driver to have their hands on the wheel at all times. And hands-free systems typically use cameras to visually track what the driver is doing, whereas many of those hands-on-wheel systems use steering wheel sensors to infer that the driver's hands are on the wheel. But we really don't know what the public thinks about these various driver monitoring strategies for hands-on versus hands-free partial driving automation. So that is something else that we wanted to explore in this study. So zeroing in on the on the results, um, there's a lot of great information in the in the survey and the study. Um, what do people think about uh, parcel driving automation? Well, we found that most people are actually interested in parcel driving automated features, um, especially lane centering. But more people specifically prefer versions that require the driver to keep their hands on the wheel, uh, compared with the ones that let you drive hands free. Now, we also found that people prefer features that let the driver be in control. So I mentioned earlier automated lane changing. And just like it sounds, what that feature does is it allows the vehicle to make the physical maneuver of changing lanes without having the driver to steer. Now, we're seeing two general types of automated lane changing in the market right now. One uh, type is that it waits until the driver tells the system to make the maneuver. But there is another type that actually will make the maneuver without any driver input. And the thing about those features, regardless of whether they are driver initiated or confirmed or whether it is vehicle initiated, is that they all, again, fall under that domain of partial driving automation, which means that the vehicle at no point can drive itself. And the driver is always responsible for making sure that that maneuver is safe for the system to perform and to intervene if it is not safe. And overwhelmingly, people preferred versions of automated lane changing that required the driver to be actually involved, actively involved. And also, uh, many people also reported being fairly comfortable with different forms of driver monitoring, regardless of whether the system support was hands-on or hands-free. It's very interesting. So it seems like there is an interest in the uh, in the features, but control is a is definitely a theme that uh, that is in the data. Absolutely, people seem to want to be involved in the driving. Is there anything in the survey that that sort of stands out to you or or surprises you in any way? So one thing that we found uh, that uh, was remarkably interesting was that the survey demonstrated that a person's comfort level with a particular driver monitoring strategy seems to be related to how much that person values um, the driver monitoring safety potential. Acceptance of safeguard mechanisms such as driver monitoring is important because it also has implications for other traffic traffic safety problems, uh, such as being useful for deterring distracted driving in general. And as we know, distracted driving is not unique to the use of partial driving automation. Distracted driving is a problem across the board. Now, we also found another thing that was interesting in that um, people who prefer hands-free lane centering are also more likely to want to do things that they aren't supposed to do, such as texting, 
And yet these people were also typically the most accepting of other types of vehicle technology features, including all different types of driver monitoring. Now, this is interesting because it shows us a few things. Firstly, that there are some drivers who may potentially be more at risk to misuse these systems, especially if the systems let drivers take their hands off the wheel for extended periods. However, the fact that these people are the most accepting of other vehicle technologies, such as driver monitoring, means that there's a unique opportunity here to implement design strategies that minimize the risk of these people for distraction, especially if we can get these people to be convinced about the safety value and the safety potential of these other user safeguard mechanisms. Sounds like there's some good news in there, uh, especially if there are people who might otherwise question the overall safety, that there can be some design strategies implemented um, to to enhance the uh, things like safety. Well, and of course, the goal here, we don't know if partially automated systems actually have safety benefits above and beyond crash avoidance features such as AEB. But the thing is, we want to make sure that these systems are designed in a way that make sure the drivers who are using them are using them properly. Because it's when drivers don't use them properly that we're seeing problems. We're seeing issues of people misusing the technology as being self-driving when we know these technologies are not capable of self-driving at all. In fact, we have plenty of functional testing data showing that these systems frequently encounter conditions that are outside their operational um, boundaries and very suddenly require drivers to intervene. For example, they'll suddenly drift out of the lane um, under conditions that a driver would not necessarily expect the system to struggle with. And during those uh, situations, the driver has to be ready and able to intervene. So the driver has to rapidly steer and intervene back to get the vehicle back into its lane. Um, So again, making sure that people are using the technology as just a driver assistance Uh, feature, but not as a driver replacement uh, feature is really important. And it seems like there is value here in communicating um, the safety potential of these safeguard mechanisms to help people understand their roles and responsibilities while using these technologies. So when you released your survey, you said that hands-on-the-wheel systems may be closer to one-size-fits-all than hands-free systems. Um, What did you mean by that? So we learned that preferences for hands-free driving is not ubiquitous across features. Many people who wanted hands-free lane centering were not nearly as keen about using hands-free automated lane changing. In fact, more people preferred systems that required the driver's hands to be on the wheel at all times. Now, we also observed a general reluctance for vehicle-initiated auto lane change. Remember how I mentioned this is when the vehicle makes the decision to do the automated lane change on its own without requiring any input from the driver. And this, in combination with the greater preference for hands-on wheel design, suggests that more people want features that keep them physically involved in the driving. So we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, the uh, the driver responsibility role with regards to using these, these features and the role of communication. Um, kind of tying into that, what do you see as the role of marketing and how the public understands automation in vehicles? Well, marketing influences consumers long before they even get behind the wheel of these vehicles. For example, we know that the name of a system influences the expectations that a person might have about its functional capability. 
which is why automakers have to be very careful in their naming so as not to mislead their consumers into thinking that these systems promise more, that they can do more than they actually really can. And there are many adverts, for example, on television that can easily be misunderstood and lead consumers into thinking that these systems are more functionally capable than they really are. Um, truth in advertising matters. And consumers should not have to read the fine print to understand what their general role and responsibilities are when it comes to using these systems properly. How these systems are even designed with respect to interactions that drivers have physically with the interfaces, system behavior, and more will lead and affect the relationships that people have with these vehicles. And if these systems are not capable of driving themselves, they should be designed in ways that minimize opportunity to be used as such from the very outset. Truth in advertising matters. I think that's such a great, uh, great point when it comes to how uh, how we all interact with uh, with these systems as as they roll out more and more into the future, and more and more people start using them. Absolutely. Do you have any expectation that driver attitudes will change over time? You know, for instance. When they have the opportunity to try out more fully automated uh, vehicle features in controlled settings, demonstration events, uh, or or other types of uh, hands-on environments. Yes, there is research showing that attitudes can change once a person gains actual experience using certain vehicle technologies. However, that wasn't the purpose of this study. This study was designed to capture the public's general interest in these technologies to understand how many people even want these features that have, for example, hands-free or hands-on wheel uh, designs. So do you plan to conduct a follow-up or repeat the survey in the future to compare your results and see how attitudes might be changing? So while this study was designed to capture the general public's interest, the regular users of these systems might actually have different perceptions and behaviors depending on the type of vehicle that they own. So actually, we just completed a study looking at this very question to explore the expectations, habits, and attitudes that regular users of partial driving automation have. Now, hopefully we'll be able to catch up next time to discuss the study after its upcoming release. Definitely. We'll be looking forward to that. So what are the next steps? Um, what do we do with this information? What do we what do we see down the road when we when we look at this report? So we don't know whether these systems actually have any safety benefits yet, as you and I just spoke about. Um, so there's a lot of unknowns about what the long-term effects will be when it comes to having these technologies on the road. One of the ways we're approaching this at IIHS is to ensure that these features can be used appropriately. Earlier this year, we announced our newest vehicle ratings program, which focused on the design safeguards implemented in these systems to help people use these systems properly. Now, for this ratings program, we hope to get a representative sample of systems that are available in the market today to demonstrate the diversity of the technology. And what we've seen with our out of their ratings programs is that manufacturers pay close attention to them. We have seen that manufacturers rapidly improve, for example, with crash test improvements and crash avoidance performance, and we expect to see the same with this program. Now, more research is needed to understand what consumers want and what they need to stay safe. Um, sometimes driver convenience features undermine that goal, though. And there is this strange misconception that the push for safety comes at the cost of innovation, but this just simply isn't true. By requiring safety to be a paramount requirement around which innovation is created, it actually raises the bar for everyone. 
And raising the bar is not a bad thing. Although we fully recognize that it's more difficult to do than design for convenience alone, but by requiring designs that incorporate a safety focus, the innovation will emphasize empirically driven design solutions that are often ingenious and give the manufacturers a competitive edge. Now, on the other side of the coin, it's also bad for business to implement unsafe technology that puts the consumer base at risk. So there's also a long-term financial incentive to create good designs. Definitely. I think we can all agree that safety is the uh, is the number one pillar under which everything needs to be uh, needs to be built upon. So um, I think it's very clear that these earlier partial driving automation systems are an important step towards the the future, the greater levels of automation that people think about when they imagine self-driving vehicles and, and also just understanding how people feel about the uh, the technology today. And it really gives us an idea of what to expect down the road. Um, so with that, thank you so much uh, for being with us, Dr. Moeller. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to The PaveCast, hosted by Partners for Automated Vehicle Education. To learn more about this and other topics related to automated vehicles, visit our website at pavecampaign.org or follow us on your favorite social media at PaveCampaign.